welcome to Definitely Not Funny. Actually the least funny person I know. <laughs> welcome Josie. Thank you. I'm so excited to have you. This is so fun. So Josie and I went to USC together. We were in the same sorority, shocker. And shocker. Yeah, Josie has had a little a little bout with mental health stuff yeah. and a fun little journey. And yeah, I'll let you kind of introduce yourself, where you're from, like where you grew up, how you ended up in LA. Yes. Um, so I'm originally from Fourth, Texas. A lot of people don't know what that is, but I like to um, brag that it is the 13th largest city in the US. Is it really? Yes. I know, yeah. Fort Worth, not Dallas, Fort Worth, just no, Fort no, no. Worth itself. Fort Worth. Like Dallas is itself is like a Number different rank. Or yeah, like yeah. above us, but whatever. <laughs> Anyways, um, I grew up dancing competitively. Like my entire life was academics and dance, and um, I traveled a lot around the country for that. And I was in LA every summer training. And I've always loved storytelling and creativity and being around artists. And decided, oh Zeke, are you gonna yeah, are like you gonna chime in? Um, <laughs> And when I started looking at colleges and school, I was like, oh, I really like love LA. I want to be in a creative place where I can do like literally anything and everything, like land of opportunity. And um, Annenberg, the communication and journalism school is really, is really great at USC. And like there was the Greek life and athletics and um, just like everything I could want. They have the dance team, the song girls. I was so excited. My naive little self (laughs) back in the day. Um, And just everything kind of fell into place. And I, I got in and made it out here. And now I work at CAA in the MP literary department. So I'm an assistant um, to an agent who represents directors and writers and some actors um so yeah that's my life story in, <laughs> in a nutshell yes. fuck yeah okay well the interview's done it was so okay, nice having you thank you so much love doing that so okay so were you, you were always a dancer yes and yes. what type of dance like was it specific to a certain type of dance or was it just like um I did you did everything I did everything I yeah. what was your favorite uh my favorite was jazz and hip-hop yeah so jazz is like an upbeat like technical form of dance and um I was I was just always better at like these like high energy styles rather than ballet is like such a hard, like you have to be so disciplined, like oftentimes have a certain body type and like that just wasn't me. And so yeah, like jazz, hip hop, that was my, that was my thing, but I trained in everything and um, I'm really glad I did because there, it's all like kind of a big synergy of like learning how to tap is like great for rhythm for other styles and like ballet is like going to give you the strength for other styles. So um, yeah, that was my like entire life and my wow. I- entire identity as well. So did yeah. growing up dancing impact your relationship with like your body image and kind of, do you think it had any impact and made you more aware, like in your younger years, if that makes sense? Great question. Um, I think yes, in like a complex way that dance is an art form that you you're using your body. So of course there's going to be like complications with food. And, um, I think the aesthetic part of dance is, is also makes that like body food relationship complicated. Yeah. Um, and of course, like I, I have to credit my dance teachers growing up for like being so great about it. And like, it was never for me, like it was never about winning every single time. It was not dance moms. Um, thank God (laughs) it was never about winning every single time. It was not like, oh my gosh, you have to be a certain weight. You have to be a certain this, you have to be a certain that it was very much, um, a very inclusive studio I grew up in and it was, it was for the love of dance. And so I grew up loving it so much. And I think that, um, in the world in general, diet culture is just existent in every facet of our lives. It's a part of patriarchy and white supremacy and like I could go on for hours about that um but I think I I grew up like in like eighth Instagram became a thing when I was in like seventh eighth grade and so like being exposed to diet culture on the internet I think like there was some part of me that was like oh I need to not eat this or not eat that and like kind of creating these food rules for myself um that weren't necessarily coming from dance they were just coming from the world and I never, it never got to a point where I was like really struggling with disordered eating, I would say. 
And I was moving so much all the time, like hours a day, every day, not to burn calories, but to get stronger, to be able to do certain dance moves, to be able to do certain techniques. And I think that's what's so great about dance is it's never about working out. It's about being able to do amazing, amazing things. Yeah. And that's what I love about it so much. Yeah. Okay. That makes total, total sense. Mm -hmm. Irrespective of like eating, I guess intertwined with eating stuff prior to going to college, what was your relationship and experience with mental health? Um, almost non-existent, (laughs) I gotta say. Um, and that's not like, I'd say, okay. So I think like, honestly, my first real experience with mental health was I had a boyfriend (laughs) who lived in Canada while I lived in Texas. Where'd you find him? Um, on the dance circuit. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Which is kind of wild. And I remember him talking about, he was like three years older than me, I think. And he would talk about his anxiety and I was like, oh, like my only experience with this is like in health class, like the gym teacher who has to be a teacher part-time too, um, <laughs> talk, like talking about sex ed and whatever the yes, hell yes. would be like, oh, like suicide is so bad. Like help a friend, like just the like yes. cookie cutter things that they teach you in school. So hearing about his experience with anxiety, I was like, oh my God, I can't imagine like, oh, like I feel so much for you. When in reality, like, I was a very anxious child. Yeah. And a very type A, hard on myself, negative core beliefs child. And, but it was, you know, never to a point where my parents were like, oh, we're so worried about you. So I think near the end of high school, I was so stressed about getting into USC and like, I didn't love growing up in Texas. I mean, I'm so glad I did and I love my family to death, but it's a very conservative place. It's a very... Like there was just the bubble of the same rich white kids running around and it's like, you can't really escape and traveling for dance. I was like, I got to get out of here. So I think there was this enormous pressure to like get into USC or get into a school somewhere where I feel like I could really expand my horizons and like work really hard and be around like-minded people. And I like went to therapy a couple of times in high school, but yeah, I mean, before <laughs> the experience that the we're going to talk about. <laughs> Stay tuned. Um, there wasn't much, to be honest. So okay. it was interesting. Interesting. So you get to USC and you join the song girl team. Yes. Can you elaborate more on like what your experience was auditioning, showing mm-hmm. up, being like, I'm at school. I want to join song girls. This mm-hmm. is what I want to do. What's the audition process like? And kind mm-hmm. of when it was fresh and shiny and new and exciting. Oh, yes. What was that like? Back in the day. Um, yeah. Coming to USC was so exciting. I'm like, oh my God, I got in. I'm around all these like-minded people. Like I'm in a sorority. I have 250 new friends. Yeah. And I was like, okay, like the only thing I need to complete like the fall I came to school was um, I'm going to audition to be a song girl. Really hope I make it. And can you explain what the song girls are? Yes. So it's, everyone's like, do you sing? And I'm like, no. no. <laughs> like, um, I wish. I honestly <laughs> wish. Um, song girls is the dance team at USC that, dances at football games, basketball games. Um, we do volleyball games and baseball games sometimes, but I think they are really like the face of like USC spirit completely. And they are beautiful. They are skinny. They can dance. Like they are like, at least this was my, my we perspective going in. And this has been the case for like 80 years. Yes. Like since quite literally 1960s. Um, And I was like, I want to be a part of that. Like, of course, like my type A, like I'm so drawn to like being a part of something like that. And I, the audition process was, there was like a hundred girls in the room. We're all wearing our numbers. Um, We learn a combination, go across the floor, like show off like different techniques that we could do. And there was a panel of judges, like primarily former song girls deciding like who's going to make the cut. Who are graduated? Yes. Graduated like all different ages there's some okay. there were some people that were like you know a couple years out that were like former captains up to like again like this organization started like in, in the 1960s yes. like very old yes 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 so we there was a preliminary round I got called back for like the final round did the dance a couple more times had to like choreograph a solo uh routine and that same day of the finals I found out I made it wow and I was and stoked like <laughs> For context, how many girls are on the team? There were 13 that year. There's like 
Yes, there's yes. less than 15 girls on the team. It's a very big deal if someone's on the song girls. Like, it was kind of like the, like, oh, like, if you see someone with a song girl backpack walking around campus, it's like, wait, that's a big deal. So I'm just clarifying that for everyone listening. Yeah, that, so I That was, must have been really exciting to get it. It was, and I think as a freshman, too, yeah. it was like, okay, I've been a dancer my whole life. Like, coming to USC, like, I wanted that to still be a part of my identity. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I did it. I made it. Like, let's freaking go have the best four years of my life. And it was, but in a much different way than I initially anticipated. So, so once you joined the team, Mm -hmm. um, you meet the other girls. Mm -hmm. What was that like initially? Um, intimidating, but also exciting. I was like, oh my gosh, these are like the coolest girls, like, like the richest girls from the East and West coast. Like, yeah. It was just, it was really intimidating. But at the same time, like, I knew that my dancing level was up to par. Like, yeah. honestly, like, I I was not, the be- the best dancer in the room was my friend Tyler Harvey, who I love to shout her out anytime I can. But I was, I was, like, up there, like, one of the best dancers in the room. And that was yeah. exciting to me. Um, because, again, like, you're chosen based on how you look. Like, there was an interview process as well. Like, I left that out. Um, and they ask you questions like to kind of get a personality check on you. So it's like being like this, like quote, full package and not just how you dance, but it was intimidating, but I was like, okay, I, at least I have this going in. Like I might not be the prettiest. I might not be the smallest, but like I can dance. Yeah. 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 Totally. Mm -hmm. Um, what was the point in your song girl experience when you realized that being a song girl was about much more than just dancing? (sighs) So disappointing. So, like, the very beginning of the experience, like, I started practicing, like, a couple weeks after the auditions with, like, the team that was currently there. It's a calendar year commitment. So, I had auditioned in October, found out, like, maybe the first week of November that I was on the team. We, like, almost immediately started practicing, getting measured for uniforms, and that was all still very exciting. We come back, before everyone comes back from, like, winter break, we come back a day early, start learning, like, 20 dance routines. Yeah. In, and you guys practice, what is it, three hours a day, seven days a week or something? It was, when I was there, it was three hours a day, five days a week, but then we had, like, games and sometimes weekend rehearsals, but a lot of times it was just, like, the games. It's, like, it's a significant it Significant commitment. commitment. Like, can't do internships. No. Don't really have time for anything else. Yeah. Um, which I think is by design. But, besides the point, um, coming back from winter break and just being, like, bombarded with, like, so much information. I'm like, okay, I can do this. I can learn the dances. But like the, there were a couple girls returning to the team from the year prior and kind of right off the bat, they weren't super warm and welcoming. And, um, it's hard. Cause like, it's possible that some of them listen to this. Like we can get more into that later about like how I feel about yeah. talking about this yeah. in quote public. But, um, that's when I was like, oh, this, this kind of sucks like a little bit. And the more weeks that went on, like very early that winter of 2018, I was like, this feels really disorganized. It feels so much about the way you look, like the conversations in the room were like, oh my God, um, my nail is broken. I like, I feel so trashy or like, um, I'm not put together. Um, a lot of talk about food and snacks and working out and yeah. just not like super healthy conversations. And back, that was kind of normal to me back in, yeah. back in that time. Yeah. But obviously now I look back and I'm like, that was <laughs> really not healthy and really toxic. But I like very early on, I was like, this is not what I initially anticipated it and hoped for it to be. Yeah. Yeah. What was like the turning point? What happened actually once you were like in season mm-hmm. then performing? Was it competitive within the team? Yeah. So you, st- because it's a calendar year commitment, you start by doing basketball season in the yeah. winter and then all summer you're still doing performances at school for like incoming freshmen and yes. doing like gigs at people's houses, like things like, like people who yeah, alumni have yeah. like the band and the song girls at their party or whatever. Um, and then football season is in the fall. So it's kind of nice because you get to like learn everything. And then football season is like the big thing, the big finale almost. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean that winter during basketball season, things just 
like I said earlier, like things felt a little disorganized and like it was way more about look and less about dancing and like things started to pop up that like did not feel right to me. Um, the first like bad body experience that I remember is the captain of our team one day after practice, like, Hey, like everybody, like I need to chat with you all after practice, like nothing bad. Like let's just hang out outside of the Lion center, which was the gym that we practiced at, um, at the time. And we all are sitting down on these steps. I just remember it so vividly because it was so like emotionally impactful. And she's like, Hey, I'm not here to tell anyone that their body is ugly, but we just like really need to be careful about what we're putting in our bodies because someone went up to our coach Lori at the time and said like the song girls aren't looking as fit as usual. And mind you, like these are the smallest girls in the school. Tiny. We are moving our bodies three hours a day, five days a week at minimum. And so again, again, like, like a Barbie. Re- yes. Yes. Yeah. And I, there's this pressure to feel that way and like spend money on it. And uh, yeah, so many things, but, um, I, immediately took that to heart and the captain even like like not waved but like motioned to me and was like I know it's so hard when you're eating in a freshman dining hall and like continued on the conversation but I was like oh my god she pointed at me like I'm the biggest girl on this team like I need to stop eating immediately like I need to go on a diet I need this I need that like it was just like a spiral of anxiety about like I'm not good enough and like I'm just a freshman trying to prove myself Yeah. And so from that point on, like I started not eating enough food. I would like eat a protein bar in the morning, not eat lunch, not eat anything all day so that I could go to practice having like not eaten anything. And I thought that made me look smaller. And then, um, that went on for like a long time and I would eat just like very little, enough to like quote keep me going because again I was exercising for three hours a day yeah every day doing a full class load like trying to go out and have fun with my friends and just like live a normal college life yeah but I like severely restricted my calorie intake thinking like that's gonna help me um I started obsessively weighing myself and obsessively looking at myself in the mirror and like body checking and um I, again, like, thought that that was normal and that I was doing the right thing for, like, the good of the team and the good of my body and the good of myself in the end because I was like, this is how I fit in. This is how I become good enough. And, like, this is how I gain control over their thoughts of me, like, their idea of who I am, how they perceive me as this, like, I want to be this perfect, again, Barbie doll, tiny can dance really well, performer, um, you know, icon of this school. Yeah. And there was a lot of pressure associated with that. Um, And yeah, I I really internalized it. And that was the beginning of my eating disorder. Wow. Was there, and I could be pulling this out of my ass. Yeah. (laughs) I heard whatever that on Song Girls, they, you have a contract where you can't lose or gain within a five pound range. Yes. So yes, when I was, yeah, when you make the team, you are given a contract. Like there was a meeting right after we all found out we made it. You're given a contract that says like what you can and can't do. Um, We were not allowed to post anything on social media um, in clothing that um, covered less than what our uniform did. So like no midriff showing like, too much cleavage was too much and like so, so you was, couldn't pose in like a bathing suit no no so that was any previous photos I had in a bathing suit I had to like archive or delete oh my gosh um so there was that aspect of it a lot of like general like you're gonna be practicing this much like you're gonna this is how like we choose who goes to which games like a lot of like general logistics but like a lot of red flags like the social media was one of them yes there was a rule that you could not gain or lose five pounds than your audition weight. So when you audition, you write down what weight you are. And I had written like X amount of pounds. I was like, I kind of guess like I didn't obsessively weigh myself. So I didn't really know. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, I can like fudge a few pounds. Like my last physical, this is what I want. Exactly. Exactly. Like didn't bring a scale to me with college to 
but I did not bring a scale with me to college. Like there was, there was no need, which is normal, healthy and normal. Um, so yeah, there was that thought in the back of my mind as well. Like I hadn't necessarily heard of anyone patrolling that. Like there were no actual weigh-ins, um, which was like, oh my God, they're so healthy for not weighing us in because other schools, like I had other dance, other friends who were dancers at other schools that they were doing that. So that was also a part of it. Definitely in the back of my mind. Yes. Wow. Okay. Um, so then can you elaborate a little bit more on your experience with disordered eating? Yes. So kind of where I left off of like kind of the beginning of, of just like severely restricting my calorie intake. Um, that's where it started with the captain of our team kind of conveying the information that our bodies were not good enough to us. Um, that's where it started. But like, as, as time went on, um, I, when you restrict for that long, that much, um, your body's like, I'm absolutely fucking hungry. Like I, am I allowed to say fuck? Okay, great. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you definitely I'm like thinking of celebrity. I'm like, I'm a celebrity. I can't say fuck on the Jimmy Kimmel show. No, you can say. (laughs) (laughs) The Jackie Norris one you can. This is my main character moment. Okay. Anyways, um, I, my body became really fucking hungry and I, I don't know the science behind this. Maybe I should at this point because I've been dealing with this for so many years, but there's some people who like become anorexic like that way and just like don't eat and kind of rewire their brains to think like they become really anxious around food and there's a whole chemical imbalance there. But for me, it was like, I'm not allowed to eat. There's a part of me that wants to be a rebel Um, and also I'm just really fucking hungry. Like again, exercising so much, having to use my brain so much. I'm like a freshman in college and also wanting to have fun with my friends. And there was a point in time where I would get home to my dorm at like one in the morning after whatever the hell I was doing and be like, I cannot focus on writing this paper right now. Like I am absolutely starving. All I can think about is food. And when you're that hungry, your body's like, I need the quickest energy possible, which is going to be carbs and sugar and, uh, like fats, like peanut butter. Yeah. And so I would get back to my dorm and just binge eat like crazy. Like, um, I remember the Trader Joe's peanut butter cups being like a very popular, like gift to send to your friends through Greek life. And um, I remember one night eating like an entire, not the small pack, the big the pack big one, yeah. of the Trader Joe's peanut butter cups and being like, holy shit, I just ate that entire thing. And then instead of thinking logically like, oh my God, I'm really hungry. Like I haven't been eating properly for months. It's like, I am a horrible person. I have no discipline. I have no self-control. Yes. And um, that went on for a couple of months. And when when that is when you're eating like 5000 calories at night every night or maybe not every night but multiple times a week you i i did start to gain weight yeah and also our exercise regimen for song girls was we were doing a lot of workouts and i was gaining a lot of muscle i never had so i did start to gain weight and my coach started to notice <laughs> um so there were like little ways that she would make it known that she was, that she had noticed and make it known that I had gained weight. So there was a time when we were cheering for basketball and it was like the slightest possibility that USC was going to go to the, um, NCAA tournament. Okay. And in that case we were like, quote unquote, going to take a charter plane, which I don't think that was ever really a thing. I don't know, whatever. It's a theory. Yeah. But, um, she, my coach texted us in a group chat being like, Hey, can everyone send their first and last name as it appears on your ID and your weight in a group chat of 13 girls. What? And I was like, Oh my, by this point it had been a couple months. It was like mid March. And I was like, Oh my God, I know I've gained weight. Is this of your freshman year still? Yes. Yeah. Wow. Spring semester freshman year. I'm 18 years old. And in the group chat, people start sending their weights, like their licenses, whatever, Why did she say she needed your weight? So I, my theory is like she was trying to like get 
some of us, or at least me to admit that I had gained weight and I felt so guilty and felt like such a horrible person that I had gained weight that I sent a separate text to her and was like, Hey Lori, like FYI, I now weigh like seven pounds more than I did when I auditioned. And I'm so sorry. Like I feel like such a letdown and I'm working with my mom to like get on a diet to make sure that nothing, like I don't gain more weight and that I am like back at my audition weight. And she sent a text back being like, Oh, like it it was a very like politely packaged text. And I, it's in the article, the LA times article that ended up coming out about it. But, um, it was a very politely packaged text that was like, Oh, if you just like focus on eating the right foods, like the weight will adjust quickly. So it was like, in my mind confirmed that like I was not the weight I was supposed to be at. And again, like it was never confirmed on a scale necessarily, but I feel like I could tell from the way I looked, um, like I've always been a very like muscular person body. Um, and yeah, I, I was, I was very worried and I was very anxious and depressed about it. And again, yeah. like felt like I was just not good enough. Yeah. So that happened. There was another weekend where I needed a mental health reset because like an RA in our dorm had died and it just being so stressed and anxious that it was like something like that was going to be way more impactful than if I was in a healthy mindset. Yeah. And I came back on Monday and all of my friends were like, yo, you wouldn't believe like what Lori and the returners is, is what we called the girls who were veterans were talking about and practice. Like they were pulling up all of these, um, pictures of previous song girls with like muffin tops and, uh, essentially girls who they thought were not fit enough or small enough and being like, Oh my gosh, like this girl's so skinny, but like she still has a muffin top. And like the goal of that conversation was to tell us like, you better be in shape by football season or else. And there were these halter uniforms that were like a special privilege, like, um, like essentially in Uh, everything under like I think it was 79 degrees where you wear these long sweaters that are like very very classic I love the traditional uniform that's what I will say I can't believe you would wear it in 70 degrees it was it was crazy but anyways but when it's like 110 degrees at the Coliseum like that's actual like physical abuse to make us wear the sweaters so there was these halter uniforms that like barely showed midriff were like almost like tank tops and the that conversation they were having was like unfortunately right now you guys are not in shape to wear these halter uniforms (gasps) and you need to get there by football season or it's going to be really bad essentially was like the point of that conversation and um I was just like devastated hearing that even secondhand from my friends and I was like it was kind of like a universe thing that I wasn't there because I probably would have like spiraled and had a meltdown and um there was another I want to say incident or like really inciting factor of everything there's this um charity event called swim with mike yeah where it's a fundraiser for disabled athletes which is like really freaking cool um and the song girls everywhere every year wear bikinis and like get in the pool and do this relay race with the football players and there was this whole like big ordeal and they have you do a relay race in a bikini yes yes okay and um (laughs) I trust I don't know it was weird all right we'll we'll put a pin in that um we'll put a pin in that and come back to to the whole like misogyny and and like of it all but um anyways there was this whole ordeal over like what bathing suits like we were gonna wear to swim with Mike and like um our captain was like everyone needs to be exercising extra running outside of practice like getting extra cardio in I think our coach at one point made it like mandated like um everyone has to do an hour of cardio outside of practice every single day and we had like a buddy system to like hold us accountable oh my god and I think that was her way of like being fed information of like um so and so is not doing their cardio like she had her like the returners were like her little minions Minions, I want to say of like what are, what are people gossiping about? Is there any unrest? Is there any, like, anything going on the team that she needed to worry about in order to, like, lose control of everyone? Um, but anyways, there was that whole ordeal over the bathing suits and, like, having to try them on in the bathroom in front of everyone. And, like, I remember 
um, I had boobs and like not a lot of people on the team did. And I also have like <laughs> a normal, I don't want to say I have a huge ass, <laughs> but like I do. You have a great butt. Thank yeah. you so much, Jackie. You're welcome. Anyways, like I remember being handed a size large and being like, oh my God, like I'm the only one on the team wearing a size fucking target large bikini. And, like, being so ashamed of that and being because ashamed. these girls are like, extra smalls. Yes. And yes. being ashamed, like, walking out of the bathroom stall in front of my coach and having her look at how I looked See, in this, this is like, bikini. I'm going to take a minute. This is crazy to me that this is a charity event. And for the charity event, one, they're having you wear bikini. To have you swim athletically and not a one-piece is bizarre to me. And then they're having you wear bikinis. And then instead of just like showing up to the charity event and handing you your bikinis and being like, okay, get in the pool, there's a pre-event to try on the bikinis and show everyone the bikini to make sure it's good. Like, yeah, that's blowing my mind. I mean, I, I love hearing that nowadays because when, when I was going through it, I was like, this is normal. And like, of course I'm, you would think that. I'm yeah. the one who's crazy and I'm the one who is not good enough. And, um, that was such a hard time. And again, like there there's this uh, there's the aspect of um these like direct body comparison incidents that are happening but also our coach was being really shady about communicating with us and the returners were you know she was the one who our captain was the one who originally said like your bodies aren't good enough and yeah it was just this very like shady like not good vibe at all and yeah. like, I'd come from a dance studio that was so inclusive and fun and like this is about dancing and recreation and it was just like months into it it was like okay yes I am not good enough and I have this whole like negative core belief system about you know why I don't fit in here and why this isn't good why I'm not good for this but also this idea of like um I I I had started to realize like this is not normal or okay in a lot of ways and like some of my friends were feeling that way too but it was like we were going to be made to feel like we were crazy if we spoke up against yeah. the coach and the returners. And like they kept a very tight grip around um, the way we were communicating and the way that we were like pushing back on some of these things. Yes. And so it was very, very hard. And like being an 18-year-old, like very impressionable young person was really, really tough. Yes. So, yeah. Oh my God. And then also the day of swim with Mike, I want to add that the returners um, got to get in the pool with the football players um, and do this relay race, which, which to add on to that, like you're just sitting in a pool floaty, which is not, so it's not like an actual athletic swim competition. Like the football players are pushing you in these floaties, but also like, <laughs> wait, this is so much I know, worse. I know. Wait, it's so weird. <laughs> it's so odd. Anyways, um, okay. I love the idea of team spirit and charity. And there's also like a belly flop portion of it where like one of the girls is in like in uniform and does a belly flop. Like there's fun parts of it. There's also a lot of really weird parts of it that I think still exist to this day. Probably. But the returners got to wear their bikinis and um, our coach made us put on Lululemon skirts, like tennis skirts over our um, bikinis. And then we got to go like go stand out there in the Lululemon skirts while these older returners got to do the relay race in the pool. And then finally at the end, Lori's like, okay, like you can jump in the pool and take off your skirts. And it was like, we just weren't allowed to do it. Like, cause yeah. our bodies weren't good enough. And again, like I was internalizing thinking like, this is all just about me. Like yeah. I am the biggest girl on this team and I need, and like everyone else is suffering because of it. Like, that was what my anxiety was telling me. Wow. Yeah. So that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> Which I can understand why it would be telling you that. Oh my God. Okay. So this is still, we haven't even gotten to football season yet. I, no, we haven't even gotten to me going to treatment yet. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's like kind of the next like natural part of the story was um, I had become so anxious and depressed and like, also that was like my first real, I didn't drink in high school really. So that was like my first year with like alcohol and partying. So there was just like a lot going on in my little noggin. I remember one day like being really hungover, like from a night out and I was like triggered by the bottle girls and how small they were. 
and I, it had been like a really hard week of practice. And I remember being like, there is something wrong with me and this is not normal. And like, I need to do something about it. Cause I can't live like this. Like I was sitting yeah. in practice being like, okay, I've had, um, Starbucks egg white bites, which are X amount of calories. Plus I had, um, a Clementine, which is going to be like 30 calories. Like I was yeah. obsessing about it obsessing to the point where like I couldn't stay present in a conversation with my friends that had nothing to do with song girls and I was like this is like inching its way outside of this part of my life and like that's never happened to me and that's weird so I start googling symptoms like sugar addiction um obsessive compulsive disorder I was like I'm obsessively thinking about food and then compulsively eating and I came across binge eating disorder yeah which is um, like restricting your food intake and then binging, um, a lot of times at night or after a long period of restricting and feeling insanely guilty about after. And I was like, check, 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 check. Like all of these symptoms are me to a T. And I remember calling my mom being like, oh my God, mom, like there's something like wrong with me. I think I have an eating disorder. Like I'm really struggling. Like I need help. And I, what's the time period for this right now? This is like April. So like after all this, this swim with Mike stuff, I was like, end of my freshman year I was like there's something severely wrong like four and a half five months in yeah okay um I call my mom she's like oh my gosh we're gonna get you help like don't worry about it um I love you like she was the most supportive amazing human and um at the time neither of us both of us were like very entrenched in diet culture so she did say to me she's like just try not to binge and I hold (laughs) no yeah resentment towards her for saying something like that because like we both just like knew nothing about it at the time But it was like, I was still in this diet culture mindset. Yeah. So it's summer in a couple weeks. Like I make it through finals. It was hell. I was bingy like crazy being stressed about schoolwork. But I go home to Fort Worth for a couple weeks and I see my high, the therapist I'd seen a couple times in high school. Okay. And she's like, this is not my forte. Like I'm going to send you to a dietitian who does know more about this. Was sent to a dietitian. But I was like, I have to go back to school and do all these performances over the summer. Like I, I had yeah. no intention of stopping because I was like, okay, like this is a thing in my life, but it's not like I need to like stop, like halt my life and focus on this. I was like, yeah. I, I'm going to keep going. Found a dietitian in LA. Her name is Ashley Litwin. Big shout out. Um, the most amazing life-changing person. And my first session, she was like, um just I was introduced to the concept of intuitive eating and just the fact that like everything that had been said to me in these practices was like very wrong and very not normal and I was like whoa like it's giving explosions going off in my brain because um you know my whole life I had just been I thought like diet culture was normal and the idea that like we should always be striving to be smaller is normal out in or outside of song girls and my mind was so warped. Hi, Zeke. Yeah, we don't like diet culture. Um, <laughs> and I was seeing a therapist and a dietitian simultaneously because you kind of do the mental and the physical aspect of it. Yeah. Um, but I was still like so unwell that one day my therapist was like, you, I think, would really benefit from going to intensive outpatient treatment. Yeah. Which is a three-hour day, typically a three-hour day program where you're like, going to a um, clinic center or whatever for a couple hours a day for like however long you need really. So I was like, yeah, I think that might be smart. Like it's still summer. Like I don't want to have to put off school, but like I'm still pretty severely binging and like really anxious and depressed still. Yeah. And when you have more time in the summer to like <laughs> contemplate life. Yeah, it gets worse. Uh, it gets worse. So um, I decided to do intensive outpatient treatment it was really scary and yeah um in LA in your in LA yes so that I could like still do the dancing still like be here etc and like not have to halt my life um but I remember in your in your episode about going to McLean talking about all the paperwork and like finding the right place like it is a freaking process and like I was so privileged and still am to have a mom who was like on the computer every day like looking up the best places in LA to go for this and like had the recommendations of my therapist and yeah um figuring out what worked with my schedule like how to bill it to insurance like there is so there are so many steps and it's just still to this day like 
horrible to me that it's not mental health treatment is not accessible to all and it's stigmatized, but also just so expensive and, um, started intensive outpatient treatment. It was like the scariest thing of my life for the first few days. And then, um, as I kind of settled in, like started to meet the other people there, I was like, this is the best experience of my entire life. Wow. Like the best thing. I think you said the same thing of like, this is the best thing I could have done for my self care, but I like really leaned in into it, like went in guns blazing. And I think I was very lucky that I wanted to do it. I wanted to get better. Yes. Um, I think part of that had to do with like, I need to not have binge eating disorder so that I don't continue to gain weight. Yes. But also, um, I don't want this to control my life for the rest of my life. Yeah. And if I put in the work now, like hopefully I won't have to deal with it as much throughout my life. And I just met the most amazing human beings, all of the staff there. Like I still, to this day, Center for Discovery. It's in Beverly Hills. I mean, there's like locations everywhere, but I went to Beverly Hills. So I was, um, that summer going five days a week. And then when school started, I was, I was still going three hours a day. So like I would, I had to do, um, schedule all my classes around going from like four to yeah. seven every day. I were you still doing song girls? I was still doing song girls. What time was that practice? Um that was Monday, Wednesday, Friday was twelve thirty to three thirty. So you go I go straight from that. To yes, that. I go straight from that to wow. um treatment. Tuesday, Thursday, um I it was five thirty to eight thirty, so I had to like that was that's a whole nother part of it that I completely skipped over was like telling my coach I that say, like how did you I had her? to go to treatment. Yeah. Um, I was really scared and I, I did not want to be told like, oh, like if you have an eating disorder, you can't do the team anymore. Like I still wanted yeah. to dance. I still wanted to be with like the friends that I had made yeah. and it's like, okay, I've come this far. Like I have to do football season. Like this is like yeah, why yeah, everyone yeah, yeah. does it. So yeah, telling my, my coach was a very scary thing. My, my mom actually came in, ta- was in town that summer. Um, she actually like to go back to rewind in the story was one of my dance teachers growing up. Oh. And was out with, like, all the kids, like, training in L.A. for the summer. Um, came with me to tell my coach. I texted her. I was like, hey, like, I have something really important to talk about. My mom's going to come. Like, can we set a meeting? And I go in and explain, like, I have an eating disorder. It's yeah. binge eating disorder. I'm okay. Like, I'm obviously still dancing, still doing these gigs. But, like, it's really hard. And I might have to skip out some days when I'm feeling really stressed or anxious and I'm also going to have to leave practice early on Tuesdays. Yeah. Um, to go to treatment. Yeah. And she was very polite, very kind. Yep. Very like, I'm so glad you're getting the help you need. Um, but there was also like, Oh my God, I would have never known. Like you never have lost energy. Like you seem so happy. Like this just really doesn't happen to that many people. Like, there's like maybe two or three girls out of the 50 years of song girls that I've known that have had an eating disorder. So I'm like, Oh my God. Yeah. Like I'm just, it's just my fault. It's oh my genetics. My like I'm just too sensitive. I'm just too type a. And like my mom thought the same thing at the time. Like, yeah, to be honest, like that was the narrative around it. And again, like I don't resent my mom for that. And that's conversations we had to have later, but yeah. that was just the narrative at the time. Um, but then in treatment, the narrative was starting to switch of like, no, actually like this is really toxic and unhealthy Yeah. from yes, the parental standpoint, but like from the song girls, like insane, like the other people in my group were like, Oh my God, you have to be in a room with those people for three hours every day. Yeah. And I was like, and it's not just a room. It's a room with a full wall mirror. Full wall. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. And like we talked about the obsession a little bit earlier of like my calorie counting, but I'm standing next to, again, like the smallest Barbie dolls and being like, oh my God, just from looking in the mirror, my thigh looks five inches bigger than yeah. the girl next to me. Um, so yeah, that was, that was all a big part of it. And in treatment, like we described it as like my armor of like, how am, what tools am I going to use to get through it? Because yeah. at the end of the day, I still really wanted to dance. I wanted to be a part of it. Yeah. And I wanted to like for myself be like I can beat this I can do this yeah and that's that's what I did for for football season and 
Um, I even like kind of started to push back of like, if someone was having like a toxic conversation about what they ate that day, I'd be like, oh my gosh, guys, let's change the subject. Yeah. And like, <laughs> what party did everyone go to last exactly. night? Exactly. Or like, what'd you learn in class? Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I was like, uh, let's talk about normal people things perhaps. And that, so like it started to shift, but there was still this idea in my mind that like, I just like, it's my fault and my genetics that I have an eating disorder and I just can't fit in here. One of the early like pushbacks that I kind of made in front of a room was like once I had been going to treatment for some time and realized like this is really toxic and bad. Like there was one day where the whole team was in a petty fight about who got to go to the UT game and like yeah, how do they pick who goes to which game? Um, so the number of gigs, so like yeah. performances you did over the summer. Um, like the more you did, the more choice you got in what away games you got to go to. Okay. And it, and it goes by seniority as well. And, um, so like I was a freshman, I was like, I'm going to do as many performances as I can because like, I want to go to all these like great games. And, um, being from Texas, like my friend Tyler and I were like, oh, we really would love to perform at UT. Like our grandparents can dr- drive down and watch us. But like, oh, yeah. again, petty fight. The seniors did not want that. They were like, this is our game. This is our senior trip. So there's this conversation we're having in the room one day just about like the pettiness. And then it starts like snowballing into like everyone airing their grievances. And I brought, it was like my coach and the captain sitting at the front of the mirror and like all of us just sitting on the ground on our yoga mats, like we had, we had not started working out because like everyone was like so on edge and just like about to explode. Yeah. And at a point in the conversation, I was like, there have been inappropriate body comments made in this room. And the captain said to me, um, you just have to understand that this is so much bigger than you. And that was the day I was like, I can't be a part of this again like I oh my god that was the day I was like this this is wild um and my my coach was sitting right there saying nothing and oh my god that was wild um so anyways I was like trying to push trying to like explain myself and other like seniors and returners were chiming in being like I'm just so grateful to be here like we should just be so grateful to be here you guys um, oh my God. kind of this just like gaslighting. And that's when I realized I was like, you know what? I'm going to finish football season. But like, I, I, you're out of, I, I've, I'm obviously trying to like be heard and say that this is unhealthy and inappropriate. And like, I'm just not going to be heard. Yeah. And there was one day where I had a 45 minute conversation with the captain about like things. I was like, can this please be changed? Like there's so much potential. This is like so toxic and unhealthy. And I was just told over and over and over, like, this just doesn't happen to that many people. Like, you're, like, kind of one in a million. Like, there's something wrong with you. There's something wrong with you. Not those words exactly, but, but essentially. like, essentially. And I, I, so I didn't re-audition. I cried. All of my friends, like, walked back into the audition room to do it again. And I was like, this sucks. Like, I'm giving up my entire identity that yeah, I've had yeah. since I was quite literally two years old. But I just can't do this anymore. Like, what if I... At that point, I had really, like, recovered. And, like, I hadn't had a binge-eating episode since, like, the day I started treatment because I simultaneously started medication for the first time in my life. Um, yeah, Lexapro Girlie is Unite. Um, so I had, like, recovered at that point, And I was like, I don't want to relapse. And also, this is a horribly toxic place yeah. that I can't fix. Yes. And so that was really hard not re-auditioning, but, um, I like left on a good note with everyone. I was like, I'm just going to keep the peace for the rest of the season. Like, it's not worth it. It's not yeah. worth, I'm like, you got to pick and choose your battles. And then I went off on my merry way onto Theta Exec. Yep. <laughs> and, um, but I mean, in the years after that, I was a very angry person, like very huh. angry person. And any time I felt like someone was like trying to like, run over me or something felt unjust like I I was very angry and like very not myself um 
And I think it was just very misplaced. Like I was very angry with my parents for some things, with the coach, with the captain, with the other returners, with the other um, women on the team who I felt like didn't support me. And it was very misplaced. And that was really hard. Like I had a harder relationship with my parents. I had a harder relationship um, with my friends. Like there, there was like a shedding of friends almost of like, I, I'm a new person. Like I, my life has to reflect that as well. Your sport was taken from you. Yeah. My sport was taken from me. It felt like my life was taken from me and I was very angry. And, but on the flip side, I had a much, much, much better relationship with food, um, with exercise, with myself. Like I, I, like going to treatment was like taking a, a college course on myself. Like understanding like what are my negative core beliefs what are the tools that I need to use like how do I um like use reframing techniques and like all these cognitive behavioral therapy skills to like live my life as a normal person yeah um and I started exploring like other things that I was interested in um but yeah I was I was angry and that kind of went on until at the beginning of the pandemic, like quite literally a few weeks before March 13th, 2020. Um, one of those returners who I had a complicated relationship with cause she was a friend and like we had gone through so much together, but also she had was one of the people that made some of those negative body comments. Yeah. Um, comes to me and she's like, I just finished my third year on the team and like, this doesn't feel right. And like, if you'd be interested in like telling your story, like, I think I might be too. And we kind of like the pandemic happened, but then a couple months later we were like, maybe we should do something about this. And we started by talking to some people in the athletics department, but they were like song girls as part of student affairs. So we were like getting (laughs) thrown around like all different people, all different departments. But, um, finally the school started a title nine investigation against the coach Lori wow and I was like okay it finally feels like you know like I've been stewing about this for years and like almost regretting that I didn't do more but like now's my chance to do something and like make it better for other people like by then I it was like I was going into senior year so I couldn't be on the team again because of the calendar year yeah 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 aspect of it but I was like I can like hopefully make this better for someone else because I like, there's just so much potential and like no need for the toxicity. Yeah. And a title line investigation. I had like no idea what that was <laughs> at the time, but I, my senior year on zoom during COVID school had to talk to lawyers for like hours upon hours, like probably 12, nine to 12 hours total in different sessions. Just like telling my story of like, every little thing that happened and like my therapist would join them with me, um, to make sure that I wasn't like going to have a breakdown in the middle of it. And it was like really hard to relive everything. Um, but I felt really supported by those lawyers that were helping us and it's like a third party. So they're like not with USC so that it's like unbiased or whatever. And then all of that evidence, like all of what they wrote down was in like documents upon documents. And, um, by that point, like the returner who, um, came to me and was like, you should tell your story. Like what happened to you was really messed up. Also, I'm really sorry for my part of it. I was like, don't worry. Like you are just being manipulated by an adult with more power than you. Like I don't blame you at all. Um, we had rallied like other women who, also experienced either negative body comments like racism any type of other like misogyny or gender-based harassment and that's like what it was based on is um gender-based harassment so anything any type of like discrimination or comments or anything that like had to do with um how we looked is like technically gender-based harassment because it's how you look as a woman or like how you present yourself to the world And so we went through like months of like having to do these interviews with lawyers and like continued. I think there was like maybe 10 or 12 people by that point that over the years, like you kind of, you kind of learned like who the, the resistance fighters were. Yeah. (laughs) And, (laughs) um, we all kind of rallied together and, and we're like, this is really hard. And like, 
girls in the past had gotten blacklisted um, from coming back to alumni events yeah. for speaking out. Like there's yeah. this really, really, really amazing woman named Alexa Trujillo who did a TED talk um, years prior to when I was even on the team about the the discrimination that she faced and like not making the team because she um, didn't have the body for it according to the yeah. coach. Um, so we like knew who the resistance fighters were and like, I don't think I would have been brave enough to stand up and say something or do anything without like those women coming before me. Because you so, got shut down so many times. Uh, so many times. And like they you did tried. too. And it's like at the end of the day, like they did too. Yeah. And it's like, how worth it is this going to be? Like I was anxious every day about like being invalidated yeah. and like yeah. having it hurt even more. Um, so then the coach got to see the files, like everything that we had said about her, which was like really anxiety inducing. And like, we were all like immediately blocked on social media if we weren't already. Like it was, it was a scary time. And then we got to read what she said and what her witnesses said. And it was really disappointing reading what like some of the older women, like some girls that were in our sorority yeah, said about me and my body and like, oh my God, like people were coming up to me saying like, who's that fat song girl? Like, so mind you, I had already gone through so much on the team. I have to go through even more of like people's comments about my body during that time. And like, thank God I had been going to therapy, still do every single week. Um, so like I had a lot more tools going through this investigation than I did when I actually, um, you know, was in the peak of my eating disorder. Oh my but God. I had to read like people that I thought were my friends or at least not an enemy. Yeah. What they had to say about me. They were attacking other people's character. Um, wow. You know, just like adding irrelevant things to be honest, like, tr like grasping for straws of like why we were wrong. Um, but none oh of it God. has to do with character. It all has to do with like what was actually said in the room. And if that is gender based discrimination, harassment yeah. and, um, the school was taking like 10,000 years as USC naturally. does naturally, um, to get anything done. And it came to a point where we were like, um, there was even more like harassment and retaliation going on with like current members of the team which like that's their story to tell. It's also in the LA Times article and kind of the group of us who had rallied to do something about it um, were like, maybe we should take this to the press. Yeah. We stay in the press. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> that's what my brother says, my sweet brother. Um, but anyways, like it was a very, a very, something like we wanted to be taken seriously. And yeah. we were like, you know what? Even if the school doesn't take us seriously, like, people in the real world are going to take us seriously if we tell our stories because at the at the end of the day like we know we are valid and like this is absurd and and my th it's absurd and my thought was like if i can help one singular person yeah. get through an eating disorder or recognize that they have an eating disorder then like i can die i've done my job on this planet yeah and um so i remember like being home uh over winter break and getting a call from the LA times reporter and like just being so scared. I'm like, what if like at that point in life, I was so such a people pleaser. And I was like, I don't want to have any beef with anyone. Like, I don't want anyone to hate me. Yeah. Um, and I knew that people weren't going like there were, I was going to make enemies by speaking yep. out. Um, people that were still in school with me, people that had recently graduated, people that I had once been like very close friends and or roommates with were yeah. not, were, were like, I was going to end a friendship forever. Yeah. But I was like, I have to stick to my values at the end of the day. And if they don't fit in my life with my values, that's their problem and not mine. Yeah. And that was really scary, but also refreshing. So over a couple phone calls, I told my story to the LA Times reporter and like multiple other women were at the same time. And, um, there was always a question of like, was my name going to be in it? And I had been so open about my story to like my friends. Yeah. Um, because I like want mental health and treatment to be normal. Like I know you're, yeah. we're very like-minded in that way. Yeah. And that's like one of the reasons I love Jackie Norris so much. Um, <laughs> the feeling is mutual. The feeling, thank you. <laughs> um, I'd been so open about it. I was like, you know what? I think I want my name to be in this to like add credibility yeah. And I, you know, I had leadership positions within the USC community. I was a part of a different 
part of a lot of different clubs, like post song girls. Yeah. And, um, I was like, I think this would mean a lot if like, if my name was in this and like people could see like, Oh my gosh, she's doing okay. Yeah. Like in the real world, I see her walking on campus. She's not dead. That's yeah. great. Um, so I decided to put my name in it, but knowing that like I was going to be a hated woman by some people and that was really scary. Um, and the months I had like given my <laughs> testimony or my information to the reporter in like January and this was second semester senior year and there was just like months on end of like when is this going to come out? Yeah. Months. Because it, it didn't come out to like May or something. It came out like, I think it was April 26th. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think it might have been I think, a specific date. I think That's that was so that was the Sunday it ran in print. But um, but I was anxious for months on end, like crying every day yeah. of like what is going to happen with this like am I going to be validated mind you the investigation with the school is, is still, still ongoing? going on and like we're going back and forth like with more and more evidence um with the school investigation but I was like you know what I think this could this could be really helpful to some people it's a yeah. part of my healing like I just need to do it and the day that the article came out was like one of the most memorable days of my life like I was just so surrounded by so much support um by so many loving people like I remember my situationships at the time being like yo like <laughs> really cool what you did with the article bro and I was like oh my god thanks um <laughs> that's so funny uh hopefully they don't they don't listen to this um anyways no actually hopefully hopefully they do because definitely not funny is and they'll be so oh, proud. They'll be so God, stoked thanks. they made it in. Um, hopefully. What I've noticed <laughs> is when I talk about people in the show, like, I don't reference them by name, but, like, I'll yeah. reference someone. They like it. They like it. They like They're the like attention. They're like, you talked moment. about me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very funny. I was talked about. Um, the day the article came out. The day, yeah. The day the article came out was so memorable and so cathartic I want to say of just like wow my story is like really out in the world and like not only was it a big deal I think in the USC community but like the Fort Worth community yeah and like all these places in my life where I'd been like I'm adopted my birth mother who I have a relationship with like messaged me on Facebook being like oh my god like this article is so amazing like I'm so proud of you yeah that was amazing like it was a really amazing day it was also scary because there were um, you know, some of those returning members like yeah. posting on social media, like in support of Lori, the coach. And I remember this, that was really hard, but I was like, I can't let these very few haters get me down. Yeah. Like I can't like, this is so much bigger than that. And this is about mental health and about the well being of all the people around me. And, um, at the end of the day, I think you said this in your episode, like I just want everyone to be safe and happy yeah. And like, that's a part of OCD for you. Yeah. And that's a part of like, like that's a core value for me too. Yeah. Um, so anyways, and it was honestly kind of refreshing to be like, okay, I'm releasing these people from my life. And it's like, it's like, I never did anything wrong to them, but, yeah. um, that was, that was a huge hard part of it that I was talking about in therapy every single week. I'm sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was, it was really amazing when it came out. Like I had so many people so proud of me, like my parents called me and were like, oh my gosh, we understand so much more. Like we had no idea what you were going through. Um, my grandparents, like it was, it was a really, really amazing time. And, um, I'm so glad I did it. And it's to this day, like kind of fills me with purpose in my daily assistant job at CAA doing (laughs) (laughs) scheduling emails and rolling calls. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, since then, like part of my life goal is like, how can we bring more awareness? How can we destigmatize mental illness even more? Like what, what else can, can I be doing in my life to help the people around me? Um, and like on a large scale, because that's one of the reasons I wanted to be in entertainment was when I was at the peak of my eating disorder and like really, really, really struggling. Um, there, you know, I was watching like every single, every single piece of media that had to do with eating disorders at the time. I was like, 
I gotta watch To the Bone on Netflix and like there's this film called Feed um, that Troy Belsario, if you watch Pretty Little Liars, she plays Spencer, um, wrote and starred in and it's like a, it, the film is about the personification of anorexia and it was like very powerful. Um, nothing I'd ever seen before. It was like not about vanity yeah. and like being skinny or whatever. It was more about um, kind of the control aspect and what it looks like in someone's mind. Um I think like euphoria is such an interesting, amazing, um, portrayal of mental health. So I was like, I, I want to dedicate my life to this and I am a wee assistant at the moment, but Ah, it's in the plans. It's in the plans. Yeah. I love that. Thanks. Oh my God. Josie, you're a stud. Thank you. I can't believe you did all this. Um, yeah, it was, I just, there was something in me of like, I just feel so compelled and I have energy that I, I really just need to spend towards this. So yeah, it was a wild ride, but, um, but we made it out. Coach resigned uh, actually the day that she found out about, um, about the investigation before or after the article, before the article. Yep. Um, and I, 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 I'm so far removed, it feels like, from USC now, but um, I will never stop fighting for the good of that team, I think. Yeah. So. What, yeah. what advice would you give to someone who is struggling with disordered eating? Um, f- put yourself in a community of, of people. Um, for me, that was going to intensive outpatient treatment. Yeah. And like being immersed in a group of people who were going through the same thing. Like that, I just part, the hardest part, I think the hardest part of eating disorders is the feeling of shame and feeling of being alone. Um, so the best thing for me was finding that community in outpatient treatment. Um, but there's other ways there's like online communities. It's like really popped off on social media, um, over the past few years, which I really appreciate. Um, if that's staying close to your family, great for some people that's too toxic, but I think finding a community during a really hard time to help you is what gets you through and what got me through. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I have one final question for Mm -hmm. you, Josie. Yes. I ask this to all my guests. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give to your 16 year old self? Oh God. I know. Little baby Josie. Um, it's funny cause my therapist and I run through this all the time of like, a lot of the things I get emotional and anxious and depressed about these days is like a something negative core childhood thing. And yeah. And I like get emotional thinking about like, Oh my God, I was just like trying so hard, like running through life. Um, I would say I love you, which is a weird, weird. It's not like advice, I guess it's more so like you're doing amazing and you are enough. And um, there's so much also that you haven't learned. Like I being in an eating disorder has taught me so much about the world, about systems of oppression. Like, again, I could talk about this for hours. There's so many things we didn't even touch on, but, um, I love you. There's so much you don't know and you are enough. I'm going to grow. Thanks. I appreciate it. I love that. Joseph. Thank you. I love you. Thank you. I love you. You're the best. Thank you so much. Of course. Amazing. (laughs) Zeke, it's just a love fest. Did you laugh? I didn't.